serious hook into Buffalo's Casey Middlestead last night at PPG Paints Arena on a clean breakaway. No penalty shot. Mere minutes later, Mike Matheson puts much less of an impediment into Victor Olofsson. Penalty shot. Makeup call. Good morning to you. Good Thursday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Penguins, which comes your way every weekday morning. If you're into football and or baseball, I also offer up Daily Shots of Steelers and Pirates that I hope you can check out. The Penguins beat Buffalo 5-2 uh, to two in the game that I was just splicing out one scene from for you. It was not an interesting game other than that the club impressively, and I mean that, took care of business and that the club also lost another forward to injury with Kasperi Kapanen leaving with what looked like some kind of leg injury after a, a clear hit him. Um, since he came back for another shift, maybe it's not all that serious, but I guess we'll find out. Maybe not tonight, because if I'm the Penguins and anybody's even remotely uh, half hurt, they're sitting out against the Sabres and giving somebody else a chance to take care of business. The business of hockey was hit pretty hard yesterday by the semi-firing of longtime referee Tim Peel. I say semi-firing because all the NHL said was that he would not work for them for the remainder of the season. He was supposed to retire April 24 anyway. That was supposed to be his last game. For anyone who doesn't already know, and this became a really big story, the big story of the day in the hockey world, but a, a big story across the sports world as well. Peel was working a game between the Predators and Red Wings. The Predators had an early power play and once he made what appeared to be the classic even up call he was caught on microphone peel was is saying quote it wasn't much but i wanted to get a bleeping penalty against nashville early in the and it's at that point that his microphone cuts out somebody else you can just hear them saying yeah anyone who's followed hockey at any level knows that the even up call has been a thing since the dawn of artificial ice. Peel didn't break any ground here. What he did do was break through the fourth wall by saying it out loud, by speaking it into a microphone. He was mic'd up for the game. I mean, this was not the shrewdest move on his part. But once he says it, once it's out there, once it starts going everywhere on social media, the NHL has no choice but to react, and and they did, with Peel. And that was the end of it, at least for now. I'll presume that Gary Bettman and Colin Campbell, Colin Campbell was the one who made the announcement, by the way, not Bettman. I'll presume that they would love nothing more than for this to just go away. But that's not how it works with officiating controversies in any sport. It just isn't. Especially not when it could not be clearer that 
this issue of refereeing to the score or to the situation or toward game management, and I'll explain that in a moment, isn't just prevalent in hockey. It dominates it. It defines it in so many ways. A team is up 3-0. It's got no chance, virtually no chance of having the next power play. Why? Why? What's the rule there? What's the unwritten rule there? Is it something that the league whispers to the officials? Uh, Everyone knows that TV networks prefer closer games. Actually, for the most part, so do the teams, because the closer the game is, the longer they'll hang around in the arena and spend money. Everybody benefits from closer games in every sport. Again, that's how it's always been. But it's not supposed to have any impact on the people officiating the competition. They go out there, or they should go out there, with a singular mandate. This over here in your right hand is a rule book. This over here in your left hand is a scorecard. The two of them never need to overlap. They just don't. Call the game. Call the game as it's happening. There's not really anything else to it. But this isn't about Peel. Oh, the league is going to make it about Peel. In fact, if I can get super conspiratorial here on you, did you watch any of the NBC broadcasts last night? Not just the Penguin-Sabres game, but any of them. The host and the various analysts that were on did bring up the Peel story, and that's that's good. That's as it should be. NBC is, you know, it, it's an actual network. It shouldn't be a house organ. But the league does have some sway. And when I heard everyone referring to peel this and peel that and peel this and peel that and not very much at all about how this is just everywhere and it's been going on forever, that makes me think, conspiratorially, that the league got a little involved here and wanted to make this look like this was just one bad seed. It absolutely, unequivocally, positively is not. This portion of Daily Shot of Penguins is brought to you by Fubo TV. If you haven't already cut the cable cord, this would be a pretty good time to do it. Monthly cost of cable bill, as I don't have to tell you, Routinely tops 200 bucks. Fubo TV is 65 bucks a month to watch the same channels. You don't pay for DVR. You don't pay for installation. And better yet, A, it now comes with AT&T Sportsnet Pittsburgh, so you can get Penguins and Pirates. B, because you're listening to this podcast, you can get a seven-day free trial and 15% off your first month. All you have to do is go to FuboTV.com slash DK. No contracts, cancel anytime. FuboTV.com slash DK. Hockey referees are a different breed, man. It, it's just, it's hard to explain. Unless you've spent an awful lot of time around rinks. I have. At all levels of the game. And I've seen how... Referees 
believe still, even now in the era of the two-ref system in the NHL, that they are in command of the game, that they are the ones who have to manage its pace, lower the temperature. Kerry Fraser, the former ref who officiated in the one-ref system, really, really well-known, didn't have a helmet on, had this super coiffed hair, for those of you who don't go way back, this is back when they had their names on the back, and everybody knew as soon as you walked in the building, oh, Fraser's reffing tonight. It was a really big deal. Kerry Fraser was there. They, they were in charge of everything, and they reacted as such. Fraser, yesterday, after this happened, reacted with some public comments talking about how officials have always felt that need and how he did as a referee that whenever tempers were flaring a little bit that sometimes he would just call a penalty for whatever reason just to kind of cool everyone down, just a routine tripping call or something, even if it wasn't much. I'm paraphrasing, but this is what he said. He was stating it unapologetically. And I respect that component. I'll always respect honesty over anything less. That's what got passed down. That's what the NHL has allowed to linger for so long. And it wasn't until this one incident in one fairly meaningless game, and any game involving Detroit is meaningless, that it blew up into some big thing. None of this needs to be the case. I'll say it again. Rule book in one hand, scorecard in the other. They don't need to overlap. Watch the game, call the game. You want the best possible example that I'm not just saying this because of what happened uh, yesterday and, you know, it's some tidal wave of opinion that's lining up against either the league or the referee or whatever. I'll, I'll tell it to you. Game six. Of the Stanley Cup final in 2017, Penguins versus Predators, down in Nashville. And like we always do on DK Pittsburgh Sports, I've got a live file going. And I'm throwing in play-by-play -play events that are going on, but also commentary. And our commentary, some of it, not all of it, also duplicates and goes on to Twitter. And as the Predators, yes, the Predators, again, are getting... Power play after power play after power play, and the Penguins aren't getting anything. Penguins fans are getting upset. Well, you know, it's game seven of the final. They have a chance to win a championship. Everyone's going to be on edge. They think this is unfair, and there's always some irrational bunch that thinks that so-and-so hates their team for whatever reason. That's one area where I will, I will always default to absolving referees, umpires, linesmen, you name it. I just don't think that they take the field or take to the ice thinking about who's their favorite team. You don't make it that far in that craft by thinking that way. But people are angry, and they're wondering what's going on. And I keep saying in this live feed again and again, the Penguins are committing penalties, and they are being sent to the box. The Predators are not committing penalties, and therefore they are not being sent to the box. This is how it's supposed to be. Oh, 
oh, DK, what happened to you? I thought you were on our side. All this. And some of it was a lot nastier than that. But that's actually how it's supposed to work. Nashville ended up with all five power plays in that game. You remember how it ended. <laughs> you know, I mean, I don't have to tell you that Patrick Hornquist and uh, Carl Hagelin end up getting the only two goals of the game. And the Penguins, of course, killed off all five penalties. But it was still the right thing, regardless of outcome. You just call the game that's in front of you. It's the best thing for the flow of the game because you're stopping teams from cheating, from breaking the rules. And if you do that, you're going to allow the best players on the rink to be the best players. And that in and of itself is entertaining for an audience. Way more than a score game, or, I'm sorry, a tight game that's just manufactured to be close. Show me the talent. That's what I want to see. By calling the rules, you'll do that. It's not all that complicated. This is not over. The NHL needs to confront this issue, not on a Tim Peel level, but on a cultural level. Their officials are just there to enforce the rules. We don't need their help with anything else. When we come back, just one question. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Just one question, and this portion of Daily Shot of Penguins is always brought to you by the Greater Pittsburgh Community Food Bank. Visit pittsburghfoodbank.org, and I'm saying it like that on purpose because you spell all of those words out, pittsburghfoodbank.org, to contribute. For every dollar you put in, a single dollar, five meals are produced. No hype, no BS. That's actually how it works. So... Think a little bit about how exponentially that can benefit our neighbors in need across western Pennsylvania. The question comes from Penn's Cup 1991. Who asks, is Kapanen's defensive skill underappreciated? I would answer that it's being underappreciated specifically by this coaching staff. Never mind whether or not people like me and you are noticing it. He's always had, Kapanen has, the pedigree of someone who's responsible in his own end, uh, who's diligent, and who will make the right decision with the puck once he has it. You're not going to see him be some kind of reckless turnover machine because, hey, look at me, I'm Mr. Top Six Winger and I can try fancy passes. You can't count on one hand the number of egregious turnovers he's made since returning to Pittsburgh. 
But beyond that, he also is a pretty good penalty killer in Toronto. And you haven't seen that here yet at all. So I don't know, because we don't have access to the assistant coaches in coronavirus times, I don't know if there's some flaw of his that they saw or if they're protecting him because they're already missing a zillion forwards. And, of course, now he's one of them since, again, he exited this game in the second period. I don't sure, I'm not sure what the malfunction is there. I'm not sure what the disconnect might be. But I do know that he has been a really, uh, I was going to say pleasant surprise, except that I knew he was okay defensively in Toronto. Um, Yeah, I can say that. He's been a pleasant surprise here in a couple of senses. One is that he he is good overall 200 feet. The other is, and this is a stranger trait of his that I never could have guessed at, he's pretty good with pluggers. Have you noticed this? He'll go on the rink with, I don't know, Colton Sevier and Mark Jankowski just to scrape the bottom of the the forward depth chart. But he's done that. He's been out there with those guys. And he kind of fits in. Like, he doesn't do what they do, but he knows that he can now kind of hang on the perimeter a little bit, make things happen, create, and then just whip the puck to the net and presume that plugger types will be there to take out whatever trash might be lying around. Not all skilled wingers can do that. And now maybe that's because he was relegated to the third line with the Maple Leafs being stuck behind Mitch Marner and William Nylander on the depth chart up there. Maybe he just kind of morphed that into his game. But whatever it is, it's a nice thing to have. Not that I want him on the bottom six. I, I don't. I When you have all these lines set up again, you're going to leave Sid's line intact. And I really believe you're going to have Evgeny Malkin between Jared McCann and Kapanen. I think that's your top six. The rest is all TBA based on trades, moves, injuries, and all everything else. But it's still a nice thing that he can do that, and he's shown that propensity. I I'm surprised that he hasn't been used on the PK, but I I can't say that I've been super surprised by all the rest. Good question. Another game uh, against Buffalo beckons tonight. It's at 7.08 p.m. I'll be there to cover that for DK Pittsburgh Sports. Thanks so much for listening to this. We will do another one building connections. Their innovative curriculum engages students with distinctive experiential learning opportunities. Point Park's pioneering co-op program empowers qualified students to work in full-time paid positions with their corporate partners while earning college credits. Visit pointpark.edu works to learn more. Career ready. That's the point. Point Park University. Your front door. Your car. Your gym locker. Your gun. Safety is a habit. Learn more about how to keep guns safe and secure. Visit projectchildsafe.org.